0: Today on Blue 58, a breaking news report about Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay threw the Packers fan base into a tailspin a week ago. Can this situation be fixed? I actually remain pretty optimistic, and I will tell you why. But to risk repeating a phrase that you've heard a lot over the past year, these are uncertain times. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of ThePowerSweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink, happy to be with you here for another episode. We've got to talk about something. It's not going to be easy. Uh, this might be a topic you're sick of hearing about already. This might be a topic that you really don't want to address. Uh, but I think we got to dive into it. And I think if we talk about it together, um, it's it's going to be fine. Uh, and the story I'm talking about is Yash Nyman returning to the Packers, having signed his restricted free agent tender. Look, he's not a big name free agent. I get it. But the Packers do need help on the offensive line. He's a restricted free agent, so really no risk here. He's got a lot of great physical tools, and he's a big guy. Might as well throw him in the mix and see what happens. Now that we've got that out of the way, we can spend some time talking about Aaron Rodgers. This is it for me. Unless and until Aaron Rodgers speaks into a microphone, this is all... The remaining stuff that I'm going to do about Aaron Rodgers. The last episode, I gave you permission if you are not interested in talking about this story, you just want to watch the Packers, regardless of who is starting at quarterback, you are absolutely free to do so. In fact, I would encourage you, it might be better for your mental health and for everybody's mental health if we just all moved on and waited for some actual news. However, This is kind of the story in the NFL right now, so I do feel like we need to talk about it at least a little bit. I want to do this systematically. We're going to catch up on the story so far, first and foremost, and then I have 11 or so assorted thoughts and some sub-thoughts about what's going on. So what's the story so far? One week ago today, as of this recording, last Thursday, Adam Schefter dropped the bomb. His exclusive report to ESPN opened thusly, quote, reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with the Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team, league and team sources told ESPN on Thursday, end quote. Also in this report, the Packers and Rodgers had been in talks on an extension or a restructure, but those talks hadn't gone anywhere. Uh, further quoting from the article on draft night, the Packers biggest issue isn't who they land, but whether they can keep Rogers continuing on elsewhere in the piece, he says Murphy, Mark Murphy, Brian Gudekunst, and Matt LaFleur had all spoken with Aaron Rodgers, to no avail. He remains dug in and, uh, he wants to move on from the Green Bay Packers. On the very same day, Ian Rappaport and others, including Tom Pellicero, offered some additional context. We described it on draft night as being characterized a little bit differently from Adam Schefter's report. Rappaport, Pellicero came down more on the side of, well, this has been going on for a while. There have been talks, but they've gone nowhere. It was nowhere near as incendiary in tone as Adam Schefter's. From there, we're off and running. We've heard all manner of rumors and reports, some substantiated by sourcing, others seemingly more speculative. But we've heard from a laundry list of characters. Bob McGinn, A.J. Hawk, John Kuhn, James Jones, Mike Silver, Mike Garofalo, Mike Tarico, a lot of Mikes, Ty Dunn, Mike McCarthy even threw a quote out there, I think, at one point. Some of those rumors reported by this lot of characters include Bob McGinn saying that Aaron Rodgers has compared Brian Gutekunst to Jerry Krause in group texts. I mean, who hasn't complained about their boss Uh, to their friends? Someone I can't recall who, and I do not care to look it up, said Rodgers returning to the Packers is conditioned on Brian Gutekunst being fired. Now that I think of it, I was Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports. James Jones and John Kuhn are both saying that he's going to be back. A.J. Hawk is saying he's not going to retire And he doesn't know if he's going to be back. Mike Tirico, in what one of my former co-workers used to call a flaming act of journalism, actually talked to Aaron Rodgers and said that Rodgers told him that he was really upset that this information had come out, which makes a lot more sense given some later reporting from other people. I should also note that it is absolutely hilarious that the closest thing we have gotten to something coming, quote unquote, straight from the horse's mouth actually happened at the Kentucky Derby. The dark humor of that cannot be overstated and I enjoy it immensely. In the wake of these rumors, numerous writers, some of whom I even respect and their work who I enjoy, said that it is clearly time now to trade Aaron Rodgers. That is a bridge way too far at this stage in the game. I will just say that right now. Brian Gutekunst, has said that he has not heard of any offers for Aaron Rodgers. He has had minimal contact with anyone concerning interest in trading for Aaron Rodgers, and he has no plans to trade Aaron Rodgers. And then today, we come full circle with new reporting from Adam Schefter. Speaking today with the Pope of Sports Broadcasting himself, Dan Patrick, Shafter says this story was not based on any one thing, but was an accumulation from of information. This story was not sourced, as I initially speculated, with Aaron Rodgers. He and ESPN chose to publish this on draft day for really no reason at all. Here's what he said to Dan Patrick. And I wish I had rolled this audio in, but it is about as much Adam Schefter as I can take at this point to even read it. He said this, quote, On draft day, there's a report that morning from Paul Allen out of Minneapolis that the 49ers made a draft offer, which they didn't make an offer. They never made an offer. And other people saying the 49ers called. And I said, how long till it gets out that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay? Is it next week? Is it when he doesn't show up to OTAs? Is it next month? It's going to come out. What does it matter if it comes out now or next week? or next month, end quote. So Patrick follows that up and says, so you chose to break the news on draft day. Schefter says that is absolutely correct. Accurate. That is correct. Patrick then follows up again, but it wasn't something you got information about. And Schefter says, quote, no, it was nothing that morning that came in that all of a sudden said to me, yeah, he wants out. You should report this, end quote. I just have to stop right now and say Schefter is contradicting himself left, right, and center. I get that it it is his job to draw attention to ESPN. But he said that there was no real reason he broke it on Thursday, but then says that part of the reason he broke it on Thursday is that there was this report from Paul Allen out of Minneapolis, the Minnesota Vikings play-by-play announcer of all people, that there was a report, and then he decided to go with it after that. But then again, he says that there was nothing that came to him that day. But then, in the original report, the literal first sentence said that there were sources talking to him that day that said Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. So what do we make of all this? I have not come up with a grand unifying theory of what this all means just yet. And I doubt that I will because we are not going to hear from Aaron Rodgers anytime soon. We are not going to hear from Aaron Rodgers until all this is resolved. If he is not traded, if he, say, signs an extension with the Packers, what we are going to get is him standing in front of a locker saying, you know, a lot of that stuff was uh, blown out of proportion. I've got good relationships with everybody here in Green Bay. And it's just disappointing to me that some people would, you know, want to draw attention to themselves by reporting on things that they really don't know about. If he is traded, we're going to get him standing at a lectern or something like that sitting in front of a microphone at a press conference saying things like, you know, I don't really want to talk about the past. Um, I'm just happy to be here in Denver, Las Vegas, the moon, wherever. And uh, I'm really excited about the future here. I think they've got a lot of great pieces here, blah, blah, blah. Those are the outcomes for Aaron Rodgers. But let's assume there is some truth to the idea that Aaron Rodgers is unhappy. Even if we don't have fire on this, there's a lot of smoke coming from a lot of different reporters. A lot of people on the Packers beat themselves, say, yeah, this is something we knew about. We don't even have to go so far as to say that he wants out. Let's go with the minimum number of assumptions here, one assumption, and say this. Aaron Rodgers appears to be unhappy in Green Bay. With that context, let us offer up some thoughts. First, thought number one, a May culpa from me. I said it seemed obvious that this was from Rodgers at the time. Evidently not. Schefter says no, so not from Rodgers. My bad. Second, though, if Rodgers does have some hurt feelings, I think that is a legitimate position for him to have. Let's walk through this a little bit. The Jordan Love pick does make sense from the Packers' perspective but it can't feel good from Rogers' perspective. To make this pick, you are betting on Aaron Rodgers declining. That is the one way that this pick makes any kind of sense. And Rogers is sitting there like, I'm not planning to decline, guys. I've said I want to be here. I'm planning to be here. I'm planning to play at a high level for a long time. Sitting there and your employer saying, yeah, we just don't believe you, or we do believe you, but we gotta, you know, take steps just in case that's not true. The other moves that he is or is not upset about, your mileage may vary. If you're inclined to believe Rogers, you may think, yeah, he's got a point. They should be more putting more people around him. If you are inclined to think the Packers are right here, you should you just say, you know, they've put a lot of talent around him comes down to some quibbling here, and Tom Brady has absolutely broken people's brains here. Who were the big offensive additions the Buccaneers made last year? They've got a broken-down running back in Leonard Fournette, who was all right. They got Rob Gronkowski, who was even more broken down than Leonard Fournette and also was all right. They've got Antonio Brown, who contributed minimally to the Buccaneers. That's really it on offense. On defense, no substantive additions. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers just flat-out did not go all-in for Tom Brady. People have characterized it that way. It is just simply not true. Here is the one point of evidence you need. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had an excellent defense last year. Of the people on their very excellent defense who played against the Packers in the 2020 NFC Championship game, how many of them were on the Buccaneers already before Tom Brady got there? That is to say, how many of them lined up for Tampa Bay in 2019? I will give you the answer. All but one. There was exactly one player in that Tampa Bay defense that was playing in the NFC Championship game that was not already on the team when Tom Brady got there. One. Steve McClendon. He played 21 snaps. That's it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were already a good team that needed one stable quarterback and an unusual run of good luck to go with their excellent defense to get to the Super Bowl. That is not a diss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is just the truth. And to compare that situation to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is entirely disingenuous. Finally, from Rodgers' perspective, the Kumaro thing. I mean, I get it, but also get over it. We're talking about the fifth wide receiver here, the sixth wide receiver here. They had too many slow receivers already. If you want to get ticked about replacing, ultimately, Jake Kumaro with Darius Shepard, I get that. But still, we're not talking about high-end receiver talent here, okay? Third thought. If the Packers feel good about where they're at, I think they have a legitimate position too. So Rodgers has some hurt feelings. That's legit. But the Packers have a legit position here too. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP in 2020. That is true. He was also pretty bad in 2015. No Jordy Nelson that year, but still pretty bad. He was pretty bad for half a season in 2016. Great in the second half, not so much the first half. He was hurt in 2017, he was hurt in 2018, and he was above average but not great in 2019. If you're the Packers... You've got to be looking to the future a little bit, right? You've got to at least be considering, okay, what if this does not turn around here? Yeah, they gave him the big extension in 2018, but they also did have that out after 2021. If Rogers played like he did in 2019, in 2020, we're probably not having the same version of this conversation right now. If he played like he did in 2015, in 2020, the same is true it's legitimate for the Packers to have been thinking about looking towards the future at least a little bit. I have my quibbles, my qualms, my major gripes with the Jordan Love pick. I think him as a player doing what they did makes it a tough sell, but you can see the thinking there. I just happen to disagree with it, but you can see what they're thinking. They've got a bit of a point here. Fourthly, the Packers really have no reason to say anything other than what they've said already. Rodgers does have a little bit of leverage. He can force them, well, he can do all he can do right now because he can make things difficult cap-wise. He holds that over them a little bit. If he retires, yes, he does have to pay back the signing bonus. But say a year from now, he sits out the 2020 season and he wants to come back, suddenly all that money has to be paid back to Aaron Rodgers. They got to cut him a big check and they got to fit his cap number back under their cap. That is his leverage. But the Packers have no reason to say anything other than they've said already. We're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers because why would they? Why would they want to trade Aaron Rodgers? He was the MVP last year. He was great. They're going to plan on him being great in 2021 for the Green Bay Packers. And if the Packers call his bluff, the only move he has is to retire and the Packers can come calling for a big chunk of change. Fifth, if we're turning to blame, I think if you're mad at Rodgers, you've got a bit of a point, too. If it's true that he is trying to force his way out, I think that's bad. As we've said, the Packers have done plenty for him. They have a good team. They were good enough to get to and win the Super Bowl in 2020. They've been to the NFC Championship game in four of the last seven years. And here's a sneaky hot take for you. If Aaron Rodgers plays better, even slightly better in 2014, remember he threw two picks in that game, and slightly better in 2020, remember he was pretty bad in the red zone in that game. The Packers are in the Super Bowl not once, not twice, but three times, 2010, 2014, and 2020. Some of the Packers coming up short does rest on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. It is not only his fault that they came up short in those games, but he was bad at times in those games too, okay? But if he's trying to force his way out now, I think you do have a gripe with him. Because why do it now? If you were this upset about the Jordan Love pick or Jake Kumaro, or any number seemingly of Slights real and imagined dating back who knows how many years. Why didn't you say something then? Why did you sign that contract extension? Why do it this way? Given what you saw, Brett Favre puts you through. Now you're doing the same thing to Jordan Love. More on him in a second. Six, if you are mad at the Packers, I think you've got a point too. This is more of a mindset thing, but picture a bell curve in your mind, a normal distribution if you're into statistics. Basically, I'm just getting you to picture a hill shape. The Packers, it seems like, to position themselves as a team like three quarters of the way up the front side of the hill. They want their team to always kind of be there, not quite to the peak yet, but always sort of almost building. And it seems like they've been in that mode since about 2009. Just always not quite all the way to the peak. That's why people were talking about the Packers as a potential dynasty in 2010, because they had a bunch of ascending players. Aaron Rodgers was young. Clay Matthews was young. BJ Raji was young. Jordy Nelson was young. Greg Jennings was young. James Jones was young. They're coming into 2011. They add Randall Cobb. What's not to like? They got Charles Woodson. They got Nick Collins. They're still ascending. And they've tried to still be ascending for a decade now. They have never really seemed to try to jam the window all the way open. And that's why when we talked about it earlier this spring, it was so surprising to see what they were doing with all of these contracts, shifting money into 2022. That seems like going all in. They're trying to maximize a window right now. Teams like the Saints, the Patriots, the Steelers, have all done all they can, it seems like, to keep that window wide open every single year. The Packers kind of try to, see, try to build for like three years from now or five years from now. And that's why I think if you're frustrated at the Packers for after the 2019 season, going 13-3, and three, coming into the offseason, and their first major move after a couple of small free agent signings is to draft a quarterback... Again, building for five years from now. If you're mad at the Packers for that, I think you've got a point. Finally, we've been mad at Aaron Rodgers. We've been mad at the Packers. My seventh thought here, if you're mad at Adam Schefter, I think you've got a point too. He is not the main thing to be mad at, but still, he clearly, clearly sat on this story for maximum impact. This was not necessarily, I think, a well-sourced story, But it does appear to be a broadly sourced story. If he says he just happened to go with it on draft day for you, which he did say, just happened to be that day, I would straight up to his face call him a liar. He is lying about that. It didn't just happen to be draft day. Adam, come on. Do you think we're idiots? Come on. You released it this day because you knew it could cause maximum carnage on the internet. You knew if you released it on draft day, it would be the story for the entire weekend. And if you've got any connection to Aaron Rodgers, and even half of what you've reported is true about him wanting to be out of Green Bay, if you've got connections to his agent and he's trying to get his client out of Green Bay, what better way to generate a panic trade than to drop this bomb right before the start of the first round of the NFL draft. I mean, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. Don't tell me that you didn't know what you were doing. Eighth thought, I feel bad for Jordan Love. He is a secondary character in this story, but he is still a character in this story. And I cannot help but feel bad for him. Think about the smiles that you saw on the NFL draft on Thursday. Think about what it meant for those guys going in the first round. For all of them, and even for Jordan Love, getting drafted into the NFL is the culmination of a lifetime of work. For many of these guys, well, for all of them, if they spend their money well, They are set for life now, right now, with the chance to make a staggering, truly staggering amount of money if things go well for them. For so many of those guys that went on the stage on Thursday night, they're walking into situations where they are, the opinion of them could not be higher. Think about Kyle Pitts going to the Atlanta Falcons. We talked about this when we did our tight end preview for the draft. I I don't know if it is possible for Kyle Pitts to succeed in the NFL because the expectations are just so high for him. But they're, they're high for a very good reason. People see that he is a wonderfully talented football player. And they just envision all the great things that he can do. They are so excited to have him in Atlanta. And man, it's got to have just been an unending plateau of amazing feelings from Thursday night until now for a guy like him walking into that situation. Now think how it's got to feel for Jordan Love. If you told Jordan Love at the end of his last college game, hey man, you're going to be a first-round NFL pick, you think he was going to be excited? You bet he would be. How do you think he would feel learning that he was going to be a first-round pick to the Green Bay Packers. Do you think his level of excitement is exactly the same? I think probably not. Jordan Love has become a pawn in this game. Jordan Love doesn't get to have any sort of say on his future, really. If the Packers salvage this situation with Aaron Rodgers, it is probably going to come at the expense of Jordan Love having a real shot in Green Bay. He is going to have to land in a new city. He's going to have to learn an entirely new offense. And he's got to start his career over again. He'll be starting from scratch again. Jordan Love didn't ask for any of this. He didn't ask for the Packers to trade up for him. He didn't ask to be Aaron Rodgers' backup. And I bet if he had his druthers, he would be someplace else. If he comes in and plays well this spring and summer with Aaron Rodgers, who knows where, it does help him. But still, his entire future is contingent on Aaron Rodgers. If it's me, I would rather have my future be contingent on me. I don't want other people's decisions out of my control affecting what happens to me. And I guess not to put too fine a point on it, but my money I like to make those decisions. If I fail in a situation, I want it to be my fault. I don't want it to be the fault of this 38-year-old guy who can't decide what he wants in his life. That is probably overly harsh towards Aaron Rodgers, but I think you see what I'm saying. So I feel a little bad, not even a little. I feel significantly bad for Jordan Love. Thought number nine, I think too many people are underplaying the idea of a resolution in this situation. I don't know why, but I can't get over the idea that a resolution is possible. Maybe not even possible, but likely. We've already reached inevitability in some public circles. I've seen at least two people write noteworthy articles saying it is time for the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. And that seems a bridge too far to me, considering how little we know about this situation. We just don't know all that much. Sure. There is some credible reporting out there from people I trust saying that, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is unhappy. But that doesn't mean everything. And I'm optimistic for, for a few reasons. First, I think my proclivity towards faith uh, makes me a little bit more inclined than the average bear to seek resolution and to believe that resolution is possible. But secondly, I think it's just blindingly obvious that both the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have far more to gain here by working this out than by blowing it up. First, the Packers obviously have a lot to gain. No matter what kind of prospect Jordan Love is, I think in 2021 it's a safe assumption that Aaron Rodgers is better than Jordan Love. I know we're doing hot takes left, right, and center here. Yep, I think Aaron Rodgers is better than Jordan Love in 2021. But secondly, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to end up in a better situation than with the Packers. Anybody who is a contender this year has their quarterback already. And anybody who could be a contender in the next couple of years, I think would have to give up too much to stay contenders. Look at, say, the Denver Broncos. If I am the Green Bay Packers, I think my minimum ask with the Broncos, if they want to trade with me, is Jerry Judy, three firsts, and maybe Noah Fant. All right, so if you're Aaron Rodgers ending up there, you don't have your top pass catcher, your top tight end, and you're not going to be able to replace either of those with the first-round pick for the next three years. Good luck. Have fun with that. You're also not going to be able to add offensive line help. You're not going to be able to replace Von Miller. Good luck. If you're going to Las Vegas, I think it's kind of the same thing. I might want David Carr just to get a little bit higher quality quarterback than what Jordan Love is probably right now. But again, you're probably looking at three firsts. And I don't think the Raiders are as well stocked talent wise as the Broncos even are. So I think both the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have a lot of incentive to get this fixed. Aaron Rodgers would not be the first person who has made it work with someone he doesn't like. People want to bring up Jerry Krause with the uh, Chicago Bulls. That's great. Maybe he took too much credit for building those Bulls teams, but you know what he did? He built those Bulls teams. Yep, he probably doesn't deserve as much credit as Michael Jordan or Phil Jackson, but you know what? He did the job, and they all got six rings out of it. And even internally, I'm willing to bet a lot of those people could not stand each other, but they got it done, and they won a whole lot as a result. You don't have to love everybody to get stuff done. Do you love every single one of your coworkers? Do you? Do you like them all? I bet you don't. And as an aside, sports writers, we get it. Yes, you don't have to keep reminding people. Sports is not like your nine-to-five job. However, it is not entirely unlike people's nine-to-five jobs. You know why? People work at both places. These conflicts are not sports conflicts, they are human conflicts. Human conflicts do translate. The financial stakes are higher, but the human conflict translates. So 10th, thought number 10, I think this gets fixed. Maybe I'm a bit myopic here, but I think there are real incentives to get it done. And I think it's going to. I think it's gonna stay a complete secret until it happens, but I think we're gonna wake up one day And someday during the course of that day or sometime during the course of that day, we're going to get a breaking news alert that Aaron Rodgers has signed a mega extension with the Green Bay Packers. If I was putting money down, that would be what I would bet on. I think there's too much at stake. I think there is too much upside to staying in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. I want to believe that he sees how good he has it in Green Bay. Yep, it's not perfect. Nobody is or nowhere is. But it is pretty good in Green Bay. And I think they can win a lot of games in 2021. Finally, thought number 11. I will leave you with this Aaron Rodgers is going to dominate the discourse for the next month. And regardless of what happens, well beyond that as well. But there are other storylines going on with this Packers team worth remembering. Regular YouTube commenter, hey, do you know you can listen to Blue Fifty Eight on YouTube? You can search the Power Sweep on YouTube. Subscribe to us. There, a lot of people prefer listening to it that way. If that's your preference, go for it. Not going to hold you back. But regular YouTube commenter Edward offered a bunch of different storylines that he says he's interested in following, and I got to agree with him on pretty much all of them. He says it's going to be interesting to see if David Bakhtiari comes back to his elite level. I agree. It'll be interesting to see how Joe Barry's defense does. I agree there, too. It's going to be super interesting to see what Joe Barry's defense actually is. Third, there are some young players who could really have breakout seasons this season. A.J. Dillon, Rashawn Gary, uh, Eric Stokes, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I agree. A lot, of, lot to like there. I'm interested in seeing what this offensive line group does. Yeah, a lot of question marks there. But the Packers have put some disparate parts together before and come up with some pretty great offensive lines. Good good thing to see there. He's also interested to see if there is improvement on special teams. Maurice Drayton gets a crack at the special teams coordinator gig. Big change from uh, Sean Menenga. We'll see what happens. And he concludes with saying that he's very interested to see the gadget player group in Lafleur's playbook. Now that there are a few players with some real skills, like Amari Rodgers, Josiah DeGuara, that he can work with, I think that last one is especially interesting. Matt Lafleur's toolbox is loaded with gadgets now. Amari Rodgers, Josiah DeGuara, I'd even throw Kylan Hill in there. Heck, what's he going to do with Aaron Jones? That's new and different this year. What sort of things can uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling unlock in this game, or in his game, this year? What is Josiah DeGuara? No follow-up there, just what is he? We're going to figure it out this year. Uh, Can a guy like Dominique Daphne, filling that that FH-back role, do? Uh, Playing alongside maybe a guy like Josiah DeGuarra. A lot of questions there. The point is, Aaron Rodgers is not the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is not the only storyline this year. And even if he is not on the team, there's going to be plenty of interesting and fun things to watch on this football team. I hope we can find that fun still regardless of what happens with Rogers, It's going to be a heck of a month, maybe longer than that. But I remain convinced that this can get done. I think it will. And I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Those are my 11 thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers situation. If you have thoughts, I'd be happy to hear them. If you just want to be done with it, that's fine too. Either way, you can share your thoughts in our Discord server. Just head over to thepowersweep.com or excuse me, patreon.com slash thepowersweep and become a Patreon supporter. That way you will get access to our Discord server where we're having all sorts of fun discussions about things, Packers related and otherwise, that you may enjoy chiming in on. If that's not your speed, that's fine. Uh, just uh, continue to support the Power Sweep however you can, and Blue Fifty Eight, and we'd be much appreciative. Uh, much I would appreciate that a whole lot. Um, it would be much appreciated. I think is the the route I was trying to go there. In any case, the best way to show your appreciation and support for the Power Sweep and Blue Fifty Eight is to share this episode. If you enjoyed it and you think somebody else would enjoy it too, go ahead and share it. That's going to help more people find the show, and it's going to get more people involved in this conversation we're having around the Green Bay Packers. Ultimately, getting the most people involved is going to help all of us, me included, become smarter Packers fans. And because, as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. Hope we've made you smarter with this episode. If not, we'll try better next time. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.